What's up, Internet? We are uh, back at you. Another what I believe to be kind of an emergency must-be-done episode of The West Buck Show, and it's my uh, distinct, true privilege to have who I have argued to be the greatest door slammer drag racer of all time. I've said it many, many times where he's at on the drag racing Mount Rushmore. I believe that he's on there no matter what the class we talk about. But if if we're talking about door slammer drag racing and you're talking about the best to ever do it, <laughs> I truly believe you're talking about Tricky Ricky Smith. And I'm, I'm thrilled to have him here with me. Ricky and I have been going back and forth a little bit the last few days this morning, talking offline. And we had a conversation this morning that just kind of felt like, you know what? The, the entire world needs to hear this. And Ricky was willing to play ball. And it's no surprise, Ricky is willing to say what he thinks, stand behind it. And I'm super excited, Ricky. So thank you for taking the time this afternoon. It's, it's straight off uh, the holiday week, uh, 4th of July yesterday. I hope you had a happy 4th of July. And I know you've had a very, very tumultuous couple of days here, as have many of us that are involved in pro-modified <coughs> drag racing. The NHRA rolled out some seismic really seismic rule changes that caught a lot of guys, uh, racers and fans and industry members off guard. And, and I'll just, before we dive into this, if, if anybody is a little bit late to this game or has missed any of the conversation that's been going on the last few days, basically the NHRA technical department issued a, uh, a rule <laughs> amendment earlier this week, bringing the turbocharged, twin turbocharged Hemi powered combinations that exist in ProMod from their 36 pounds of boost, which they've been running the last few seasons and throughout 2019, back to 33 pounds of boost, which is a big swing for those cars, three pounds of boost. And the supercharged combinations have been, are going to see a reduction in blower <coughs> supercharger overdrive from 16.5% overdrive to 14.55% overdrive. Ricky, the, the floor is yours, buddy. Hi, Wes. Uh I kind of appreciate you taking time here to fool me today. No worries, buddy. Uh, you know, I've just been seeing all I sit back and watch all this stuff. People talk about this and that. You know, some of them want to think, you know, that I'm a crybaby or whatever they want to think. Well, I'm a, I'm in long nitrous car out there most of the time. You know, Chad Green's finally stepped up this year and run pretty good, you know, while I hadn't been running nitrous. And, you know, it's, it's a tough deal with these nitrous cars, but the first thing I want to say is people have watched me out here for 40. I've been out here for, going on 46 years. I'm not the person that's going to sit up and, and make a video of myself standing in front of it, you know, uh, bragging on myself what I can do or what I can't do, okay? That ain't me. But Right now, there's some issues need to be touched on here that a few people are trying to maybe put me down as I want to take it, okay? And the first thing I want to say here right now is, you know, I, I listened to the last thing that come up that kind of, you know, got me, I've had enough, was that, Leo, you done with Stevie last week. I just saw it this morning. But anyway, I got nothing personally against Stevie Jackson, okay, to start with. We're teammates, and he wants to kick my butt, and I want to kick his butt. And I don't think that Abdullah would have it any other way, all right? But when every time you turn around, my name is mentioned, and whether it's whether you're trying to be mean or not or you want to act like you're trying to be not mean, but you are, 
so it don't look bad on you. Uh, you won't throw my name in the pot as the bad guy. Well, here's the deal. I've been out here, like I say, 45, six years. I've had rule changes made against me that Stevie Fast, he can race a long time before he gets many rule changes I've had made. I've had rules that the track has, as far as I'm talking about major organizations, NHRA, IHRA, done away with rules they have because I used them and, and benefited from them. Uh, Stevie wants to talk about this nitrous car thing. And let me tell you something. Stevie Fast always run a nitrous car. Well, he watched what happened to me over there over the years. Stevie didn't come to NHRA with a nitrous car. He knew better. He knew better than come over with a nitrous car. And another little deal here is that, like I say, first little bit here maybe is tooting my own horn, and I don't like to do this, but I'm tired That's of getting okay, put Ricky, down. It's okay, It's okay. I'm tired of getting put down here, so I just want to kind of let the public, the younger generation, know a little something that's going on. Not just what's happened in the last two or three or five years, you know. But when we were one on one, okay. Let me set the stage for you real quick, Ricky. You're so there was a, a few years ago, and this isn't I think sometimes people forget because we get so caught up in the moment, right? But what you're about to talk about is a few years ago, you uh you kind of took it upon yourself, and this was a big deal at the time. I mean, it was a really big deal that you, you got off to a bad start, I believe, in NHRA Pro Mod, so you decided, even though you missed the first PDRA Pro Nitrous race of the season, you decided, you know what, I'm going to put an automatic in my car, and I'm going to go run Outlaw 8th Mile, and I'm going to see how I do over here in Pro Nitrous competition. And, and that was, what, in 13 or 15? That was 2015. That's 15. Yeah, 2015. So not that long ago. You no. and so I just wanted to set the stage for the people that maybe didn't aren't you know don't pay as close of attention to this stuff as as we do. You're what you're about to talk about is the fact that you went out and and raced against Stevie Jackson and and all those guys in the in the PDRA Pro Nitrous Division. Tommy Franklin, Jay Cox, Lizzie, Justin, uh, Jason Harris. The list goes on, right? Yeah, like I'm saying, I went. I didn't even go to the first race. Got off to a little bad start. Seen I couldn't win the championship in the NHRA, so I said, okay. I told Chad, we got to run NHRA. That's our sponsor. Let's go run some NHRA, some PDL. I said, you know, I want to go over and run with them guys. You know, it is always the old man. I'm, and I am the old man. I'm fine with that. I'm glad to be old. I hope them other guys get to live as long as I have. Okay? I'm cool with being an old man. But when you kind of start using it as an insult, then I get a little pissed off about it. So, you know, I went over there as the old man. Like you said, Stevie, Jason Harris, Jay Cox, Chris Rennie, uh, you know, name them all. I mean, what did I do when I got serious? I'd never run automatic till this time. I'd always been a clutch guy. Never put automatic in my car till that year. I go to over and I get serious about it. I win that thing. Stevie even tried, and he didn't have a choice. He tried at Rockingham towards the end of the year to qualify him and Billy qualified so they could run me early to try to get me out. And I don't say there's nothing wrong with that. I'd do it too. But that was their only way of beating me is try to go out there and make a bonsai run and put Ricky out. And then they still had to go win, I think, the next two races to, to put me out. Well, what happened? They didn't do it. Okay. Ricky Smith won the championship over 
over all the young bucks. So when you put me in a corner one-on-one, I'm pretty daggone good. And just to, just to back us up a little bit, when I started 19, basically racing all time, I started in 74, but 1976 running IHRA, they come up with a class called Super Modified Rest, which was a miniature pro stock class. Heads up, no breakout. Kind of a miniature professional class. 1976, I won something like 13 out of 18 or 19 meets in IHRA. 1977, I won 16 out of 18 races over there. I dominated this class against people like Herb McCandless, John Bray. Gene Fulton had a car in there with Tommy driving. Guy works for him. Numerous other good team cars. Her McAllis had Mopar developing heads new for this class, and I still kicked her butt. Jack Rouse, who built the car and done it for me in 76, went back and built Don Bowles, which is a coal miner, a car to run against us in 77, and I still kicked her butts with, her own, with my own stuff, basically. So I dominated that class, period. They done away with it. In two years, because I dominate and called Ted Jones, and he'll tell you, he's on one basically living. Larry Carey, the president's gone, but Ted run the place. Ted will tell you, I dominated that class, and they done away with it. So I stepped up to pro stock. The first year I run, basically, was 79. I think I finished 10th. Then I come on up. I'm not real close on some of these numbers, but in 1981, I think I finished second. 1982, I went on my own. And won the championship with John Cosby helping me on the engines. Ford got behind me in 83 with a new Thunderbird, me and Glidden. Yep. I come out in 83, and I don't know if I finished second or third, but from 83 to 86, I was either second or third all the way through them years. 86 through 89, four years in a row, I dominated that class and won four championships in a row. And the last championship in 89 was with a GM car. Basically, I'd done it on my terms because when Ford decided to pull out, Glidden didn't want me there. Ford pulled out and I got Strohs and uh, I asked the guy after we'd done the deal, can I run a GM car? He said, if you think you can win, you can. So that's the way that come about. I picked the GM car for a reason because I was doing my own engines in. Had Charlie Buck working for me. Had my own dyno, my own complete engine shop. We that's built awesome, our own. man. I mean, you think about all these people that you've worked with over the years. That's an awesome story. We built our own engines right there. I've done my own dyno work, period. My own tuning. I've done all that. Charlie built the motor, done the head part. But I've done my own tuning chassis. I didn't have a Billy Stockton standing over my shoulder to help me. I didn't have a Phil Schuler standing over my shoulder to help me. Okay? I had to do this, and I'm, I, I'm ashamed to keep saying I, but I did. Charlie Buck will tell you this. He's got no room. Me and him are friends today. I've done all this tuning myself. I didn't have nobody to fall back on. So I dominated this. I was on my way to dominating IHRA Pro Stock. And then Stroh's pulled out all their motorsport stuff in 90, and STP come on board for three years, and they want me to run NHRA. Well, I had to go run NHRA, and I'm not going to put figures out there, but I was two and a half, almost three times less money I had from, motor, from, from uh, STP than what I knew Bob Glidden was getting from Ford. 
And I'm sure Warren was getting close to the same money from GM because he was the main GM guy. So you're not going to hardly outrun Was that big money back are, then? I mean, was it big, big money back then, Ricky? I'm just curious. But better than I can get now. I put no it down. Better than I can get now. Absolutely. Wow. wow. So, you know, I had to run against them people with big money, and I just couldn't I couldn't win, win a championship. I fifth, sixth, tenth in the points over there, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of lost some of my deals and I crew chief of people like Jim Yates, Ron Krischer, you know, all of those good guys, you know, they paid me to come in big money to come in and help them with their cars. So that's how I kind of survived through some years, kept all my racing stuff. Then this pro modified thing came out and it was a class that I could get in. that wasn't real big money spent. Some of the, there was a couple of guys that could, but they just didn't have a crew behind them to, 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 to compete with me. So, I got good in this pro mod thing. But when you start talking about, you know, what somebody's done, you know, Stevie's only been out here six or seven years or whatever. Tell me what, tell me the championships he's won. Tell me the rules that he's had done away with as far as major sanctions, but not local bull crap and stuff like that. I mean, the, just for another example on a rule, NHRA had a new car rule. That if you brought a new car in, you could make a three-quarter checkout run, 1,000 foot, and shut it off if you had a new car that year. Well, I used advantage of that for about two years, and they'd done away with that rule. Here, it'd been in there forever. They finally got so mad because I'd bring two new cars a year and then make a, a checkout run. They'd done away with the rule. End of deal. The <laughs> other rule that I got changed in NHRA, period, end of deal, was an altered car. Bernstein, Snake, all them guys. If they didn't qualify, um, Smith guy, I can't think of his name, uh, down in Florida, he'd have a car and he'd usually qualify, you know, all the time. Well, hell, he was selling his spot out, making more selling his spot out because these people had national sponsors to get back in the show on Sunday. So I started doing that. I think I'd done it once, once or twice in two years or three. Maybe twice or three times in two or three years. Not over three, I don't think. Well, last time I'd done it was at Indy. I had the SVP deal, and I didn't qualify. So I paid Marsh Johnson to not show up, you know, but just like they were doing, a buy-in deal. So I could go run because Richard Petty was coming up there to be the, the, the starter of the race. Well, the guy that was over the deal then got so pissed off, he come over, he said, well, I got to let you do this because this is what pros do. But he said, this ain't going to happen no more and blah, blah, blah. Well, at the end of that year, after, <laughs> they this changed the going, after this has been going on for I don't know how long, 10 years, 8 years, maybe longer than that. I mean, the Bernstein, all the big names, they've been doing it just right and left. It never was an issue. But as soon as Ricky Smith done it, they done away with a rule for all the pro guys. So I got that rule done away with. And a major organization. So... You know, when you start talking about rules, Stevie's going to have to learn, and some of these other guys. I'm just mentioning Stevie's name because it was in this deal you done. I come out in 2013 and won the championship. I come out in 2014, and I tested overseas a bunch like some of them do this now. We had not been over our last couple of years, but you get a lot of test time over. So I come out in 14, won the first two races, or maybe won the first one. I don't know if I won the first two, but I won one, I know, and come to Atlanta, the third one, I think, was at that time, and I won it. First car to ever run 
250 mile an hour. Well, it was cool down there that day. The track was so tight, nobody knew how to get down it. They were all shaking. Wasn't because I was that much faster. They were just all shaking and shutting off. I mean, the rule books there, the, the times are showing up. But I got penalized because I got up and down a racetrack when it was tight and cool. Within 24 hours, they put 50 pounds on me. Knocked me back down to where I couldn't qualify no better than third, fourth, maybe even fifth a lot of times. I still come back and won the championship that year. 2015, when I struggled, they put the 50 pounds on me. We had a phone conversation. NHRA agreed now that if we come up with a rule package and they liked it, they'd adopt it. So we did, and they did. Danny Rowe got us all 17 drivers on the phone at the end of that year. 17 of the top pro mod drivers. The first thing Danny Rowe said, well, just to get it out of the way fast, everybody agrees that the nitrous cars need to fit the bounce took back off of Not one guy, not one out of the 17 stepped up and said, we disagree. Nobody. I remember that very well. So they took the 50 pounds off of us. West, by the third race again at Atlanta, same racetrack. They put the 50 pounds back on me again in 2016. Okay. This is when you ran 250 and everybody lost their mind. Remember? Well, two, no, 250 is when I run in 2014. Everybody lost their yeah, mind. Yeah, right, right, right. That's when I wrote that big story. Yeah. yeah. They agreed to take the 50 pounds off and they did, and we didn't get three races into the season. They put it back on me at the same race again. After I'd won the first race, and then I think I hit the wall, and then I come back and won Atlanta. So anyway, they put it back on me. Couldn't qualify again, no better than third, fourth, and fifth. What did I do? I still managed to come back and win the championship in 2016. What I'm saying is if you're so badass out here, you got the rules in your favor all year long, anywhere from three to five hundreds, and when it's good out here, you got six hundreds on us in, in Gainesville. So you're so bad, if they'd have done you like they done me after the third race and put you back where you couldn't qualify, no better than third, and a lot of times fourth and fifth, could you win the championship? When you when when that happens, then I'll shake your hand and say you've done a good job. But until then, when you got the rule advantage in your pocket, I'm not going to say you've done a good job winning the championship because you you've done it all by rules. And the thing is, in this deal, in this day and age, when you got different power additives running, the NHRA, and I don't like it no better, nobody else. Everybody's seen this. But they're going to have to make rule changes minimum once a year to try to keep everybody in check because everybody learns something. You can't just say, okay, what happened to run what you brung? Well, hell, that'd be nice. I just go get me an alcohol funny car and come over here and run what I brung and pee over there. How are they going to like that bull crap? Huh? Oh, no. That's, that's Tell me a, how you going to like that when people yeah, make that, these statements. I saw some of that online, you, and that's People make that's these statements run what yeah. you brung. They don't realize what they're saying. That, no, that, that, you can't that do that work. no more because no. when run what you brung used to be, you all run the same thing. I mean, we all run big motor pro stock cars and stuff like that. That's where that statement come from back in the mountain motor days, running what you brung. Well, you all had big motors. Maybe right. one you of all had very though. similar equipment. Yeah, no, I agree. People yeah. don't know what they're talking about. I'm curious. So I, but, I'm... But anyway, here's, here's, you know, this is some of the stuff I want to get out there so people don't know, think that I'm always, you know, these rules are made for me. They ain't made for me. 
If it did, by God, I'd be number one qualifier. And that's where I want to make a statement. And I've talked to you and I've talked to NHRA and I'll, I'll take a lie detector test with anybody out there and put money on the lie detector test. I have never asked you to be number one qualifier. Stevie said I did. I ain't. I've asked to be within one or two hundredths of the number one qualifier. Just let me be somewhere in the ballpark. That's all I've asked NHRA or anything I've ever discussed to you. Just let me be within one or two hundredths. And my rule deal, and I don't know why I've been so trying to be upfront with these NHRA people through the years. They've jumped on me and Troy back and forth, but I, they come to my trailer in Houston this year, second race of the season. Ned and I think it was Josh Peterson come in my trailer Friday morning and said, we need to talk with you. I, we talked about rules. And their quote was, period, Ned, well, here's what I want to do. Three pounds off the turbo cars, the two deals on the pulley on the boil cars and 50 pounds, and I'm going to put 25, make the nitrous car 2,500 pounds. And the first thing I looked at him and said, why 2,500 pounds? Well, I want some weight to play with in these cars. I said, okay. I'm not good with that, but I'd rather see you go 24.75, and I can't even get to 24.75. I want to get that straight. And I told Ned that. I said, Ned, if I was pushing so hard for a nitrous car, I'd be tickled to death and shake your hand and hug you. Say, yeah, let's go 2,500 pounds. Let's go 25.25. But that ain't what I told Ned, and he'll tell you that. I told him 24.75, let's go at. But I also told him two pounds off the turbo cars, and do the rules of two pulleys and 2% deal on the pulleys or whatever that is from 16 to 14 and 50 pounds on them. Now you're going to slow the turbo cars down three to four hundreds. You're going to slow the nitrous, the, the blower cars down three or four hundreds, and that's what we need. Now we're all going to be able to run within a couple hundreds each other. I said, forget Gainesville when it's fast. I know I can't run with a blower car when it's 60 degree. Okay, we throw one or two races out. I know I can't go to Vegas when the air is bad and run with a turbo car. Okay, we lose that race. But I ain't going to bitch about that. Give me eight or nine races that I think that we can run within a couple hundreds of, of these guys. That's all I'm asking to do in these rules. And God strike me dead, that's what I have proposed day in and day out since Houston. And I think anybody out there that runs a turbo car or blow a car, if they're honest and take a lie detector test, they know this is the right rule to make and we'd all be fair. Put the nitrous car at 2,500 pounds. I don't care, or 2,475. But put those other rules, like I said, and we're all going to run pretty good. All but one or two races a year, they're going to have an advantage, whether it's a blow or a turbo. But we're all going to be pretty damn nice. And I do not understand where they come up with this three pounds of boost. And the problem is here, I've been married 47 years, a lot of give and take, a lot of I'm sorry deal, okay? But right now, NHRA, they need to grow up here and not be so one-sided and not be so I am the boss and I am this. They can make this change back. They've got to realize they made a wrong move, change these rules like they ought to be, and let us all go race through the end of the year and see what happens. Because if they do what I'm saying, and I'm just not saying what I'm saying, I, I mean, this is what's going to be right. Two off the turbo cars, the pulleys back to 14 and a half, 50 pounds on them, and we're all going to run pretty damn close. We're all going to be within 100 to two each other till we get to Vegas. And then the blower cars, I mean, the turbo cars are going to kick our butt. Okay, 
I, I ain't got none, nothing to do about that. Nothing they can do about that. But they need to just suck us up. And I'm just not saying it myself. There's a lot of other people saying this. I've talked Realize to Ricky. I've talked to a dozen, at least a dozen racers or crew chiefs in the last, you know, 72 hours. And, I, and everybody feels pretty much the same way. I'm curious. One of the things that I've seen is do you feel like the story, the interview you did with because what I think some people think has happened is that you did that big interview with Bobby Bennett over at competitionplus.com, good friend. Um, I think a lot of people think you did that interview, and then the NHRA made this big rule change, right? But I don't think everybody completely understands that I'm with you. I was involved in several conversations dating back to Houston back in the early spring. The NHRA has been planning on a rule change all year long. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. They and I figured this was when it was gonna happen. I just thought it might happen four or five days before it did because you got a month and a half off if people wanna it's their prerogative to be able to go out and spend money if they want to to try to find a couple hundreds back. So you got plenty of time to do that. And I figured they'd do it within two or three days after, you know, uh Norwalk. But they didn't. Yeah. They waited till the next deal, you know, West. But you know, and, and people think that I, I ain't I'm telling you. The reason I hate to even say this out here is they try to do seem like everything I ask them to do, they do opposite. They absolutely do get people. I'm telling you, they do nothing. I've asked them and tried to be truthful with them about doing. They don't want to do it. And I hate to even say this, but I might as well say it publicly. You know, now that it has come out, what I suggested and what I suggested is pretty much 95% what should have been done. And let's go race. Let's see what happens so you know what to do this winter. And I called. I'm going to tell you right now. I called Jeff, I think it's Conley. Yep. At NHRA. He's supposed to be, took Danny Grosh's place or whatever. Anyway, he's supposed to be on this committee or whatever they got, the rules deal. I called him Monday and asked him plainly. I said, Jeff, this was Monday, 10, 11 o'clock. I said, Jeff, are we going to make any changes? Or is anything going to happen to help a nitrous car? Are we going to get anything straightened out? What's going to happen here? And his words were, well, we really hadn't discussed it much. We're, we're going to talk about this in the next week. And uh, probably be, and this is it now. I'm a 65-year-old man, okay? I'm a grown-up you're talking to. Not an eight-year-old kid. I'm a 65-year-old man, a grown-up you're talking to. All you got to do is treat me with respect and professionalism, okay? I asked him this. He tells me, it's, you know, we ain't talked about it much, what his words were. We're going to talk about it in a, it'd be a week. This is his deal now. He said it'd be a week to two weeks before we make a decision. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 24 hours later, this comes out. This comes out. So why? And I and I respect somebody, a rule changer or whatever. They can't tell me the rules right then. They want to. That's fine. I got no problem with that. But all you had to say was, Ricky, yeah, we've talked about it. We're we're looking to make a decision here pretty quick. Uh, give us a few days and we'll probably be all right. You told me a week to two weeks. A 65-year-old grown man, you just flat-ass lied to. I mean, why would you do that professionally? to somebody that's raced with you as long as I have and try to support this sport out here like I have. I, 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 so all I'm saying is to the fans and the people, don't 
think that NHRA is doing what Ricky Smith has to do. That's the biggest joke of the whole story here. Well, and I, I, I will tell you that I think that that's what people think. I really do. I think that people think that you have – that's what I've heard the most recently. It's what I see online is that I do think that people think that you've got a ton of influence on the rules out here. No, that's just wrong. The only reason they're doing anything is because yeah, – I think you're the only guy play. really – you're the only guy that's willing to talk about it, Well, to be that, honest. Well, that, and I'm the only card over the years till this year that – that was the fast nitrous car, so nobody else could talk when there's already three or four hundreds behind me. Well, NHRA, the first thing they tell them, I know, I've heard it said. Well, the first thing you need to do is run as fast as Ricky Smith and then come talk to us. So I <laughs> right, had to I've be the that guy too. that done the talking for the nitrous guys. I had to be the one. Like it or not, I had to be. So, you know, it's just stuff like that that's went on, and then you, you just you just hear some of the stuff that's said. And another thing I want to point out here is Stevie sits there and says, and Noah, okay, Ricky runs 77 or 76 with a nine I run and a 77 with a three I run. So you might as well call the best I run was a 77 with a zero or 77 with a one. 77 anyway, not no 76. But he run whatever he run, a 75, I think he said, or 76. And Belushi run a 76 or something, five, first round. All right? He made the statement, oh, we all run within 100. Well, how much How much closer can you have us to be? What can this have us to be? And Wes, within less than a minute after he says this on your interview, that you can go back and look at, within a minute, a minute and a half, he comes back and says, well, that was my worst race. I was running terrible at that race. That was one of my, it was a bad race for me. I was running bad. Why in the hell do you compare me when I run the best I've ever run and you run the worst you've ever run and you want to say it's equal? Are you kidding me, Stevie? Son, let me tell you something. I love you and I don't hate you, but I ain't dumb and I ain't stupid either. And the NHRA can't be this stupid either. They see these facts. They see who can run. You run 74 on the heat of the day in Topeka, Kansas, twice. The closest thing to you was a 78, and that was a turbo call. I mean, then they want to say, well, Pat qualified within 5,000. So are you kidding me? Stevie wasn't even in the show and had to go out there and make a run just good enough to get in. Well, he didn't go out there. I don't care what he says. He didn't go out there on kill. But he come back on Sunday and showed what on kill was when a nitrous car can't even hardly get down a racetrack in them kind of conditions. A nitrous car is fast when the track is good and the air is bad. Absolutely. It's 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 fine with that. Like PDL racing, nighttime. Watch them guys over there in the daytime. They can't get down a racetrack. But you go nighttime, they're buns out flying cars. Well, the NHRA don't race at night. We got to race during the day when the track's 100 degrees, right. 120 degrees, 130 degrees. So that's what you got to compare off of. And these nitrous cars do not like to accelerate like that through there, through that transition, like a blower car when he can run out there to two seconds before he changes gears. A nitrous car has got to change gears a second. That's right where the shake zone is. I don't care if it's a pro stock car or, to, or, or a top fuel car. This shake zone is right around one second. And we're trying to make a gear change there. Really? Really? And you want to talk about bringing a nitrous car to, to Indy 
a guy's going to let you have a nitrous car to bring to Indy just to show us what he can do. Really? <laughs> I'd like to have somebody come up and give me a blower car and just say, all right, you burn it up, you blow it up. All I want you to do is go show how fast this thing will run and pay the tab on it. Really? I'd like to do that too, Stevie. I mean, you raced a nitrous car all your life, basically. Where is that nitrous car when you decided to come to NHRA? You parked that dang thing and come out with a blower car, something that you knew was fast. You knew the rules. You had Billy behind you. You had Schuler behind you. They told you exactly what you better be running over there, and that's what y'all come and run, and you've been badass with it basically ever since because look at the very first race he come to in Gainesville. He was number one qualifier. So tell me how hard it is to run a blower car when you ain't never even come and run NHRA and you come to the first race of Gainesville and be number one qualifier with it? Huh? Really? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, guys, all I want the public out here to realize is Ricky Smith has been out here a long time, been through a ton of rule changes, NHRA, IHRA, whatever. And I've pursued through all of that and still been a competitor and won 11 championships, 11. So when you can win eight or nine championships, then come and talk to me. I've won three major championships, Stevie, since I was 60 years old. 60. Son, you won't even be racing when you're 60 years old much less winning championships. So if it sounds like I'm bragging for once in 45 years, you darn right I'm bragging. And when you back up what I say and you can do what I've done over 45 years, come and talk to me, son. I can't argue with you, Ricky. And I tell you, I think you brought up an awesome example. I was looking at the run sheet from the first round in Norwalk. And you're right. You made a hell of a run. I was announcing, and I remember my eyes lighting up when you went 577.6, 253, right? Beat up my buddy Steve Matusik, right? And in that same round, Mike Castellano went a 573 with an 8 with that Manzo-tuned Camaro, right? And Jose Gonzalez went a 74 with a 7. So if you figure that Gonzalez made a really good run, right, with Patty Tune in it, and Castellana made a really good run with, with Manzo tuning it, and you admittedly told me you made that was a hell of a run, right? That was a great run in those conditions. Don't you agree? Absolutely. That first round? I, mean, I, was seven, I was tickled to death. <laughs> I mean, everybody, we were all blown away, right? So you go 577.6. I mean, there you have it, three 400s. Yeah, there's your 400s to the blow yeah. car, three to the turbo. And the turbo car's down one or two to the blow cars, and they've done more to the turbo car than they did the blow car. That's what just don't make sense in this whole deal that's got everybody upset, all the crew chiefs upset, anybody that knows what's going on in racing, top fuel or down, it sees what this done. And all How this has to be, all this, this has to be is... They just need to look at what they've done, realize they made a mistake here, and you ain't got to come back and say you apologize. You ain't got to say nothing. Just be a man about this thing, and, and let's all be adults and not kill people out here that's trying to support this class and keep this thing alive and keep us all alive, whether it's me, 
Ned at NHRA or, or whoever is trying to make a living doing this, let's keep this deal alive, gang, and try to make this thing work. You're 2% off your turbo car is what you should have been, two pounds. You should have done the two-pulley thing, 14 and a half and 50 pounds on the blower cars, and put the nitrous cars at 2,500 pounds. I don't care, or 2,475. Whatever you want to do right in there. And, and let us all go race, and let's go see what happens through this year, because I'm telling you, we're all going to be really close. We're going to be pretty close till we get to get till we get to Vegas. Right in good in in unique air, right? Yeah. So what do you and think? I got no How problem bad with that. The the turbo car deal. Why do you think? Because the, every tuner that I've talked to, do you believe that this that that's a that swing that three pound swing is five to six hundreds? I'm saying five hundreds for sure. Yeah. See, and I, I just feel five. like that's going to be really, really, really hard to recover from in this amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you take people like myself, I got one. But forget myself. Forget me. Just like I said about the 2,500 pounds. Forget me. Make it 2,475. Chad Green's a skinny little guy. They can't get under 2,460 and 65. And when they have to put a little weight on the nose when the track gets good, they're going to be 2,480, 2,485. So put the nitrous car at 2,500 pounds. I ain't got no problem with that. But I ain't soliciting for that. I, I said 2,475. But either way right in there somewhere with the weight but the, the two pounds the two pounds of boost that should, all should have been off each blow car turbo cars and get the blow cars which has been the number one car qualifying and and dominating car this year why didn't you jump on that car harder than you did the second place car that's, dom, that's dominated the second deal that's what just don't make sense to nobody and i think everybody's asking just to to back up here take a deep breath and let's get this thing in line and let's all go race and see what happens through the end of the year. You know, I mean, I told them at, at Houston, three pounds is going to kill these cars. Do you believe there's any chance in the world that they'll backtrack on this? Man, I don't know. I just, the only thing I can ask is, is them people, and I'm saying NHRA, realize what we all do. And, I, and I'm pretty passionate about it, as you can tell. Uh, give us all a chance to race, and not—we all spend every nickel and dime we got. Most of the people—I'm lucky enough to have been out here so long. I got a lot of my stuff paid off with, but a lot of these racers out here are barred to the hill on motorhomes, cars. Rick, just whatever, trying to stay out here and stay alive. They're barred to the hill, trying to keep this deal going. Do not kill us all before we can't race. I, I mean, I think it, I, I understand, Ricky. I hate it. I really do. I think that it was, I agree whenever I was asked. I, I mean, here's and a couple of things I think we got to talk about. So one of them is that I have argued that I think the class as a whole is too fast. I think that we're because one of the things that's not probably being talked about is that we're towing into the waters of you got to run the rods out of your stuff. Right. And well, Wes, that's where I think it will slow this stuff down. And, and like I say, put the 25 pound pounds on the nitrous car, whatever, 25, 25. You think we got to go there? Give us some weight to fool with because we have no weight to play with on these cars. And that's a big that's the biggest tuning till 
on these cars from cool track to bad track is the weight in the car, period. I don't care. Anybody knows what they're doing. Being able to move 20 pounds from front to back or 25 from front to back is the ticket to making these cars go up and down a racetrack from hot track to good track. So the weight thing, I, you know, whatever. But they just got to give us, you know, some rules that we can all play by and let us go see how it ends up through the end of the year, you know? How much do you think you're le- – like, there's a belief out there that you don't run that nitrous car hard. <laughs> it's just right? like I told you. You give me a guy walk over here and give me a checkbook for probably 150, 200. Let's just say it gives me 150 right now to get through these next four races. Wes, I might, and I'm not saying I can, but I might could go run 200s quicker and don't take that as I can. I'm just saying Maybe. I might. But I'm going to go blow up some shit and burn up some stuff. And the problem you got with a nitrous car, what people don't understand, oh, you went and hurt a motor. Well, a blow car, he goes and hurts the motor. Whoopee, they put a sleeve in it at the track if they want to a lot of times because they slide in and out. We can't do that. Ours has to be notched at the bottom to clear the crank. All right? A blower car, when it messes up something, do you see it take the front end off the car? Right, the hood scoop a off nitrous the car, car, the front end off the I car. Mean, yeah, I understand. When a nitrous car blows up and burns a piston, a lot of times it takes a scoop, it takes the top of the manifold, it takes and cracks the front end all the way down to the bumper, because I know I've done it all. Well, you ain't just looking at fixing the motor. You're looking at fixing everything. And that could be anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $35,000 to do that time you do the front end in a, in a manifold and, and, and everything else. I'm just saying it ain't that easy just to go try something, and if it don't work, fix it. Well, buddy, it's a major deal to fix these things, you know, when they blow the front end off and the scoop off. I mean, the scoops on these cars right now, they're, the time you get them painted and pan in them and everything, they're $2,500 just for a hood scoop. $2,500. You just popped in there. I mean, really? Right. So, hey, I get it. Yeah, I understand. You know, can I run faster? I'm not saying I can't. But I'm trying, I've got this thing where to make seven or eight quarter mile runs and I keep the heads on. You can't, just like Stevie said, you can't hardly run on Sunday anymore knowing you got to pull the heads off this car and put three or four pistons in it between rounds. You don't have that much time no more. So how are you going, what are you going to prove going out there showing, oh, I can run this fast. See how fast I can run? Well, if you can't come back next round, what the hell is the use of running that fast? I, I, I understand. I understand. What do you have to do? I mean, obviously, I mean, you're not going to give us, like, your tune-up or whatever, but, I mean, you did pick up a bunch of speed in, in Norwalk. Was that, I mean, did you guys just get after it jet-wise? You don't, you guys normally, from talking to Pat and all the different engine builders, we're at a time where you guys don't normally get, get crazy or get after it with jet anymore did you guys jet it up a little bit or what i've done a little bit of jet and a little bit of four lane and it just between them both looked like they they helped me run a little and when i say a little bit of jet i'm talking two thousands not wow. three or four thousand i'm talking two thousand and huh. like four lane change do you free it up a little bit or you just free it up a little bit yeah. do some things and you know Wicker build down on it, this, that. Just taking a chance. I took a chance because, I, you know, I knew going out Sunday that, you know, the way we're running all the way everybody's been running all year, I ain't got a, I ain't got a shot at this. 
So right. I took a chance and made a pretty good run, made a damn good run. Not a pretty good run. I made a no, hell That was a run. damn good run, right? Yeah. So, but I'm still, I run 400s when I've done all that. So that's, that's what they got to do. They got to get everybody slowed down three or four hundreds. And, and the, the boost I'm talking about on the turbo car, I feel like now that I've run one, that'll put it probably three or four hundred slow. The blower five, car. You think five. I'm saying five at three pounds. If you take two off, you're looking at three or four. Right. Okay. Okay. So it could be it could be five to six, but I'm saying definitely five is gonna get it at three pounds. So if you took two pounds off, you're probably gonna get three or four out of them. Three for sure, and probably four. All right. Do you regret doing the turbo deal? I can't say I regret it. I think I'm glad I done it because I understand what them guys are going through. Okay. Because there was a belief you got, beforehand you thought that you were going to be able to go clean up, right? I mean, well, yeah. And the problem is, you see, these turbo cars, they can be fast, but they can't be consistent. And that's something you got to look at. And that's what NHRA kept throwing up to me through the years, all these years with Troy. Well, he can run that one run, but he can't run it again. Okay. All right. So I got my butt kicked and got weight put on me and whatever happened all right but anyway i see it now but why like i say if that's true and it is why'd you jump on them so hard again all of a sudden now i mean i don't you know they need a little something to run fast every now and then but because it could be argued right now that the turbo cars are completely out of the hunt they're well i don't know if they're completely they'll find some stuff they'll put some compression in them they'll change the cam you know, it's going to cost them a lot. You know, they're going to test like crazy. They're going to have to lighten the stator up in the thing and make a thing go from buzzing 96 or 700 RPM to probably buzzing 10,000 or better RPM and blah, blah, blah. But to just keep this under control through the end of the year, two pounds and the, and the pulley, the 14 and a half and the 50 pounds on the weight would have been perfect. And get this, get this, Wes. Get this now. What I've been telling you, and I'm just trying to look at my notes over here, but what I've been telling you and what I've been telling NHRA for the last two months, damn near what I've told them to the T is what Stevie just said in his interview with you. Because I told him the boost was going to take about a hundred and a half off of them. That was my number, hundred and a half. Time they took that off. And they worked a little bit on compression, you know, nothing major. Put some compression in the motor, blah, blah, blah. All right? hundred and a half, I said. Stevie said one to two. So let's take Stevie's two. Let's go to high side. But then he said, put the 50 pounds on us. His words was 200. That's exactly what I told NHRA. Because 50 pounds on me was 300 back in the day. Well, I don't have the power that a blower car has. To run as fast. So the 50 pounds on me was 300. Well, if you got more power and you put 50 pounds on that combination, it ain't going to slow it down 300. It's going to slow it down 200. So everything basically, and I'm just, I mean, it's just worked in a damn complete circle of what I've tried to tell this NHRA crowd is what would happen. And Stevie just backed me up on it in your deal. They're going to slow down three and a half to 400 if they do the boost and the 50 pounds of weight. Well, why in the world didn't you do that? I don't understand. I mean, 
and they, they ought to hear this. They ought to see this. They done saw it come out of Stevie's mouth. He's a blog guy. He's done messed up and said what he thought it ought to happen and all. Okay. In HR, here's your chance to make everything right. Here's your chance to give everybody what they want. Go back and do the two. Go back and do the blower thing. And let's all go race. Put us at 2475 or 2500. I don't care. I can't get to 2475, I tell you that. But I'm not absolutely hollering for 2500 because I'm not just preaching for a nitrous car. I'm preaching for everybody to be close together at 85% of the races. I know we can't at a couple here and there. That ain't, that ain't what I'm preaching for. I'm preaching just to get us all between 75 and 80% of the race. Let us all try to run close together. And Wes, it's all out now from DB saying what he wants to say or whatever he wants to say. It's all out exactly what I told him is damn near where it ought to be. I, hey, I, I'm curious about the turbo car. One of the things that, that do you feel like it's hurt? What do you make of that whole situation? Just your experience running the turbo car? Because I mean, I do think they should have done this turbo thing. And I was in the meet in Indy. I'm not. I'm not going. Don't hold me to the year, but it was in the last five years, five to four years, something like that. I was in the meeting when we all NHRA crowd. Steve Petty, Harry Ruska, I think Dillard was involved. There was six or seven, eight of us around the table there at the at the PRI show. And I sat right there and listened to Steve Petty ask them plainly, guys, put a spec turbo on these cars, whatever it is, 78 millimeter, 72 millimeter, whatever it is, go with that. We'll go test with you. And we'll do it. And if they didn't, if they thought Steve was choking their chain or doing a little something he runs so fast with a 78 then okay we're gonna put a 72 on you we're just gonna see how much you know but do that all this electronic bullcrap is going on these cars and i told you i'll show you some stuff at the end of the year i'm not a squiller never will be a squiller and i'm not gonna do anything now period it'll never happen if i get run plum out of racing but there's ways to manipulate this stuff and they can't find it and they're not going to find it. Do so you think, I mean, right stop now that stop this stuff, put a damn and, turbo on there that you can take and walk up with a gauge or however they do it. It goes or no goes you illegal or not legal and let everybody go race. I the think a spec turbo, stuff, the, the only way I think with. it works in my opinion. And I've been saying this for 10 years is a mechanical limitation. There's got to be something that's forged out of aluminum or metal that that sh- that limits these cars. The electronic boost controller is not the answer. And I think, like I said, I a spec the turbo main, is the answer. This was the main people in turbo stuff. Petty and Dillard and all of they're the main people in this thing. They are now, and it was back in, as far as rules and, and what they'll do. And they were begging for it back in. Just give us a spec turbo. So when we go to Bristol, they're going to slow down. Not as bad, but they are going to slow down a little bit compared to a normal aspirated car. We go to Vegas. They're going to slow down a little bit like we do. I mean, right now, they're running against that boost all the time. The only thing that slows a turbo car down from 500 feet of air to 3,000 feet of air is the track conditions. 
the only thing. I mean, if they can run 569 at, at, at Gainesville, they can go right to wherever. Look at it. Look at Vegas last year. Fucking Frigo went 570 at Vegas last year. Yeah. 570 at Vegas last year. We'd run it that morning when the track was just super damn good. And that's what I'm saying. That's the only thing that slows a turbo car down from good air to bad air is the track condition. Well, I just, like, if you look at the math, if we re-ran that first round of eliminations in Norwalk with the, with the new rules, Jose would run a 579 with a 7. Stevie, or excuse me, uh, Castellana would run a 575 with an 8. And you'd run a 577 with a 6. So the blower cars are still going to have a decided advantage out here, right? Absolutely. absolutely. They're going to have an de- even more decided advantage if the air is good which is just going to be a bigger problem, right? Right. And I did the math. If it was your proposed rules, and I think the rule, you know, 14, 34 pounds of boost, 14 and a half and 50 pounds, we'd have had a 578 from Jose Gonzalez. We'd have seen Mike Castellana go 577.8, and we'd have seen you go 577.6, and we'd have some damn good drag racing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I say, put the, put the nitrous cars at... 2475 or 2500. I can't get to 2475. I'm a little under 2500, but still, it keeps somebody from bringing a jockey in here that only weighs 135 pounds and saying, Oh, see what they can do with a nitrous car. Well, ain't, you can't go off of one person. You got right. to go Not off to mention, you guys have to field. move a lot of weight around on those cars, right? I mean, the track gets real good and you got to put weight on the front end of them, right? I mean, that's common right. knowledge. Yeah. So. Well, I'm curious. I, I'm dying to. I, I gotta know. Like, do you feel um, moving forward? I mean, obviously, this rule thing is is a conundrum, and and it's gonna probably sour anybody on on building a turbo program right now. But I mean, what's this do for the investment that you've made in that turbo car? I mean, are you? I mean, are you, you're gonna stick with your nitrous car from here on out? I would assume, right? Because I mean, well, by all accounts, that you're gonna have an advantage over the turbo cars. I don't know if I have advantage because time we get there, they're going to find one or two back. But, you know. It's going to be close is what I'm it's saying. It's going to be close. It's going to be close, you know. Uh, well, will I run my nitrous car at, at Indy? More than likely, yeah. I mean, because the reason is I know it, and that's what I want to race. So at least now I got a chance to run with the turbo cars. I just got to figure out how to maybe beat a blower car once in a while, Okay. So instead of trying to outrun two different power additives, now I got to try to outrun one, which you're not going to outrun. You just got to hope they have bad luck. And that's a bad way to race. I've raced all my life, and I don't like to go to the racetrack hoping that Joe Blow has to break before I can beat him. Well, what kind of damn racing is that? I mean, a good racer ain't going to race like that long. He ain't putting up with that bull crap. What what do you make of the whole experience racing the turbo car? I mean, what was the biggest challenge you faced there? The boost control. Really? Boost control. That's about the biggest joke that I've ever saw out here in my life. You put two different boost controls on the car and they'll do two different things. I mean, you could change boost control and not do nothing but the same program in it and lose two hundreds or three right quick. Unreal what that thing will do. Which is another reason to go to the And the problem is it's all about noise in the car. You know, when I say noise, I'm talking about electronic noise, right. you know, spark plug wires, this, that. 
you know, it, it just that's what's happened. There's so much electronics in these cars and noise going on to try to keep all that away from them so it don't tell a boost controller, don't tell a wastegate, all right, blow off. You ain't going to let them have that much boost. Blow it off. Now it takes you a second to get it back. You know, all right, blow it off again. That takes you another second to get it back. I mean, it's, it's the biggest joke I ever saw trying to run one of these things. It's a joke. Do you regret? I mean, well, so now that you've done it, does that stuff like, I mean, what, what, what do you do with a, I mean, you got a car that you spent all this money and time and energy on. I mean, what do you do now? Well, Blucey's bought the car. The car okay. is sold to him. He's going to take it overseas and run it overseas this winter. You know, and, and I'm glad he is because, you know, he wants to go over there and run at Bahrain, their races and this and that, whatever. He he needs to go over there and race in front of Abdullah because Abdullah spends a lot of money with us three to promote drag racing over here in the United States. And Abdullah would like to race right over there in Bahrain in the wintertime. And he's, he's asked those people two years in a row to just run NHRA rules, and they wouldn't. They kept running all this outlaw stuff, outlaw stuff. Well, Abdul is not going to have two different programs. He's not going to have an outlaw car and a 959 car and motor and, and all this. That's just, it's just stupid to ask somebody to spend that kind of money. So he said he wasn't going to do it a couple of years ago. All them guys over had to do was run off the NHRA rules, and, and we probably would have been racing over the last two years. But hopefully that's what they're going to do. Or if they want to run outlaw, then by God, Blucher's going to bring a car over, they can run outlaw. I mean, well, I think that so. that's a problem that exists in our whole world is that we've got to all agree. That's why I think it's so important that these rules don't get bastardized the way that they do. Like, we've got to get everybody running. I mean, I remember back in what I believe to be kind of the heyday of ProMod or what we're kind of in the heyday. But during, you know, the IHRA heyday of ProMod, <laughs> every organization that popped up, you know, these little shootout series in the southeast or a little shootout series on the west coast, everybody ran IHRA rules. And that's right. the way it needs to be. Everybody in the world that runs pro mod cars should run NHRA rules. That's my opinion. Yep, absolutely. And there may be some pain. You know what I mean? You may piss some people off, and you may lose some guys. You, you know what I mean? But it has to be done. Because you ain't lose nobody. All these guys want to talk. Where are they going? They ain't got yeah, nowhere they... else to go race, so they got to race. And when I it agree. gets down to it, Wes, the bottom line is when you get the rules right, then they can't bitch because the rules are just, you know, that's the way it is. How do but we get more nitrous in, cars to come race in NHRA? Now? How do we get more nitrous cars to come race? Do you Are you a proponent for the 959? I would say probably that's going to be the answer, you know. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's going to be the answer. I just hope we can keep it together, you know, good enough. And, hey, if we got to put rods in it every 20 runs or whatever, okay, we just do that. But you know, we got to find that out. You just can't say next week we're going to let five 959s be in because you just shit on all the guys. Let's say me, Ray Ham, Chad Green, three or four guys that supported this organization for the last 10 years. You know, you, you give us some time. Just say, all right, this is what's going to happen next year. Okay, I ain't got no problem with that. But you can't just do it in 30 days because, first of all, Pat will tell you, it takes 12 to 4, and if you don't believe Pat, call um, Brian. It takes 12 to 14 weeks to get a crank. So I know you're just going to up and Pat's got maybe one crank in stock or so he keeps in stock for his customers, but he don't keep three and four and five cranks in stock if everybody wanted to motor right quick. 
So, uh, you know, that's something that definitely probably should be in a – that's the reason if they'd have done these rules like this, then next year if they'd have permitted a 959 in, then maybe you could have either – you could have either loosened up the rules on the turbos a little, or you could have said the 959 comes in, it's going to waste 60 pounds, 70 pounds heavier than the 903. Okay, we can live with that. But it gives you an option to let the class pick up later on if you want to later on. You right. can't tell me right now with a 959 to go pick up three or four hundreds tomorrow. That ain't happening, guys. It ain't happening. So the 959 is, is, is basically the only way, you know, to get more nitrous cars, absolutely. Because there's 20 there's to just 1 a lot ratio of out there. There's right. 20 to 1 ratio out there of 959s and 903s. Yeah, I agree a million percent. And that and I know that that's hard to hear for some of these guys cuz I don't want them I hate it for all you guys that are heavily invested in this 903 program and you know, I I hate well, it. Really, but I don't I mean, see there know, any I mean, there's no around. other option. I mean, I don't mind. We'll sell. I sold two of my motors this winter, you know. Billy Albert helped me get rid of some of them to some of his, you know, uh top sports. Yeah, Aaron guy. Glasser bought one, I mean, right? And we're yeah. going to lose some money on them. Man. Yeah, blah blah blah, but that's what I'm saying. Give us time to absorb this. And don't wait till Vegas to tell us this bull crap. Right. I mean, are you kidding me? You're going to tell us at Vegas and, and, and give us a couple months to get this together. Plus, we got to go test. We got to, you got to go run this thing 10 runs, pull it down, see what the rods look like. Probably take them out and send them back to GRP. That's what we run. All right, guys, you see any cracks in this thing? What are you thinking? We make it another five runs. I mean, that's what you got to go through to do it right and not just spend a ton of money. You got to go run things some, get it tore down, get it inspected, see if a crank's going to crack, you know, kind of figure out where you're at before you just go blow the front end off the car. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. No, I so, think it's going to be a, a, the U.S. Nationals is going to be really interesting, and I think that if you show up with a car, I'm curious, I mean, if you show up with a nitrous car, Ricky, do you feel like you're, you, you've got a I mean, you got a shot at it, or, or I don't. I still don't think I got a shot at it. I just think I'm qualified, maybe better. Hopefully, I can out qualify a few of the turbo cars, but I ain't got no shot at it. I mean, if Frank gets his act together, and Stevie's running good, and Todd's running good, I mean, come on, there's three cars that I am not going to outrun. I'm still not going to run probably within three hundreds of them if they go make their run. Ain't gonna happen. Now they, you know, I mean, why? Why? I mean, uh, look at all year, and even looking at the last race, which they want to compare to when they say, I didn't run good there, but I run good, but you run bad. So we run together. Oh, boy. But right. look at Frank. Frank is outrun me 400s. So you slowed him down 200s. Well, you still outrun me 200s. Right. And he'll oh, continue. I mean, it looks to me like that's going to be what we see in Indy. If I had to guess, we're going to see. The blower cars be low qualifier. We're going to probably see you up there and Chad Green up there in the top five or six, seven, and then we're going to see a bunch of turbo cars. Yeah. When all it would take is a simple deal, you know, NHRA, I guarantee you they're going to listen to this. They're going to get this sometime in the next 28, 48 hours. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to afford it to them or somebody's going to hear about it, blah, blah, blah. But 
guys, all I'm asking is to pull up your pants, do like we all do, treat us all like human beings, make this rule change right, and let us go run it through the end of the year, and let's see where this happens out at, because it's, it's just going to be a lot nicer playing field until we get to Vegas. And like I say, I ain't, I'm not going to bitch about Vegas. I know that's going to happen. You know, they'd have to make a totally different spec deal for that, and maybe that's something they look at. Year, you know, I know they do it in comp and all this, you know, altitude tracks and all, but I'm not asking for that right now. I'm just asking to, to get the thing where we can all race it 80% of the time, you know. There's always going to be a few races that favors this car, that car, whatever. That's just going to happen. But get the things where we all run close to each other 75, 70 to 75% of the time through the year. That's all I ask. I agree. And I, I mean, I think that it's going to be – it's tough because I feel like Pro Modified is as exciting right now as it's been in a long, long time. I mean, we've got a lot of positive momentum. I know that we've had a little bit of car count, you know, change or whatever – but we, this is a fantastic class. This, it's never been better. This is exciting, exciting, exciting drag racing. A lot of people paying attention, big growing fan base. And I hate to see anything disturb that, right? I mean, because you got some guys that are heavily invested. I mean, I was getting calls from all over America, around the globe, and people are pissed. And we don't need any of these guys going away. We don't need them right. parking their stuff. Or, and that's some, of the th- that's some of the stuff I heard. Right, right. You know, and I got, I, I got a little, and like I said, okay, I got one or two more things I want to say here, Wes, right quick. Good. I know people getting tired of hearing my bullshit, maybe some of yours too. But anyway, one other thing, yeah, I had here is, you know, and I am not picking on Stevie no more than Stevie picked on me, okay? And whether you want to call it picked on me or not, you're bringing my name up, so there ain't no other way to take it. And, and like I say, the good Lord, I, Good Lord knows, I do not hate Stevie Jackson. Do I want to kick his ass? You damn right I do. Not no different than I want to kick whoever's butt I come up against. I think anybody out there knows that. But when you start talking, watch what you talk about. Okay? When you start bragging on yourself, watch what you brag about. And one thing I want to bring up here is, you know, Stevie's done a good job. Don't get me wrong. But you want to talk about facts. Well, Stevie goes to Donald's races and he kicks these guys butts a couple of times at them big money races when they first start having, well, most of these guys are weekend racers. They waste on weekends. They got a public job to work during the week. They don't race all the time. So he goes over there. He's tested. He's refined. He's got a rule advantage just like this, you know, big blower on it and all this stuff. So he wins a couple of them races to start with. Well, everybody thinks he's the greatest thing it ever walked. Well, as soon as these guys got serious about this stuff, all I want to say is, what's happened to Stevie the last couple of them races they've had? Stevie can't get by his second round. So, where is he so great at again? And what I'm leading up to is here, if they knock Stevie back down to where he can't qualify no better than third and fourth, like they done me, and the only thing I'm comparing to is what they've done to me, Okay. Knock him back down where he can't qualify no better than third and fourth and fifth. Let's see how many races he wins in. End of story on that. The other <laughs> thing I want the other thing I want to bring up here, and I know he mentioned this about the new car thing. And he mentioned my name. Yeah, I had one of the first ones. Yeah, I did. 
but Stevie wasn't here back in. Stevie was still running PDL and his little bracket racers and, you know, and whatever he was doing. But what he don't realize, they had the nitrous cars beat up so bad back all the way through this thing off and on that the only way I could run out the back and run decent speed with a blow car water, I had to go to the new body stop. Ricky Smith had more 63 Corvettes probably individually than anybody out here. I love to go back and run an old car. I want to run a 69 or 63 bed or something like that. I got a 69 Camaro being built right now at Bickles. And I got a chassis sitting there on the done. I got two chassis done right now. One for a blower car or turbo or blower or whatever, same chassis, and a nitrous chassis. They're both completely done sitting there waiting to go on a body jig within the next week and a half. I'm just to tell Bickle which one to start on. Both of them are done. I do not want to run a late model car. I didn't want to do it when I started. You can't get in big as I am, fat ass me. They're hard to get in and out of because of the way the roof's lower on them. I don't care nothing about them. They're not pro modified, period. That car is pro stock. It is not pro modified. Pro modified is 63 Corvette, 69 Camaro, a Chevelle like Whiteley's got. Whatever, whether it's a Willis, I mean, yeah, we like Willis's, but they're not going to run this quarter-mile stuff. That's eight-mile car. But still, you could have a 57 Chevrolet if you worked on it right. You could have some older cars. You got Pete Powers Bird. You can have some, uh, you know, different stuff going on out there. But when you let this new car go, you are forcing everybody's hand to build it, and that's exactly what's getting done right now. So, absolutely. I don't care nothing for it. I told NHRA I don't care nothing for it. What do you do? You, you got to figure out something to discourage these guys running. Yeah, I said 50 pounds. Maybe 50 pounds, too much. Maybe you just go 25 for a year and then tell them the year after that it's going to be 75 or you got to do plumb away with them. Or what so, if I think you go the other way, right? I mean, I think you got to encourage someone to do it. Because I don't think if you're going to get a 25 pound weight break, no, is that enough no, reason just, to go I'm build just one? Saying, no, I'm just saying, no, 25 pounds won't do it. I told him you had to do 50 to really discourage him. I'm just saying for next year, you oh, go 25 pounds on them. You go 25 yeah. pounds next year. That takes up that little bit of. You got a mile an hour advantage in them to a mile an hour and a quarter, and probably five to seven thousandths advantage in them cars okay top end stuff like that so 25 pounds will kind of take that back even you ain't got to go to 50 i'm just saying go 25 on them for next year and then after that you either do away with them or you tell them it's going to be 75 pounds just put some fucking weight on them. whatever it is 50 pounds but and don't holler about this weight well they're getting too heavy they're doing it hell my car runs at 2700 after the run, every time I go across the scales, 2695, 20. Michael Beeler, 2730. After the run, he's a big boy. We're stopping. Ain't none of these cars gonna stop right if you don't have but one shoot. I don't care if they weigh 200 pounds less. You got one shoot on them and it don't come out. There's 95% chance you yep. in the sand. Yeah. So let's let's get off this. Oh, we don't need to weigh. They just they just harping at the NHRA so they don't get weight put on. These fucking cars run just as good at 2,700 pounds or even better, and there ain't going to be no different to stop them at 2,700 pounds than it is at 2,650 or or 2,625. I don't know if you – you probably see 100 pounds difference, but come on, guys. We're all adults. Quit squealing and squawking. 
you know, if it's weight, what has to do it, then you got to do it. That's just the way it is. This is my bookend thing. This is the last thing I want to talk about. What ha- there's been, there's belief that the turbo cars have been playing poker <laughs> since day one, right? It's pretty so- strong belief. A lot of people, you know, know that they'll, they'll take timing out of these things <coughs> near the finish line, whatever they got to do to scrub off some speed, not lose a lot of momentum, not lose a lot of ET, but try to calm the, the trap speeds down so they don't, you know, raise red flags with the NHRA technical department. What happens if somehow, some way, these turbo cars a year from now are right back where they were? Do you think that there's any possibility of that? If next summer man, they're man, running five seventy five, I'm just curious. I, I, I don't even. I, I hate to even speculate on that. I mean, because I'm not smart enough to tell you. You know, because uh, we've seen that happen you. before, right? I mean, you remember it was a oh, huge deal when but, everybody went crazy but, when they went from thirty eight to thirty six. I know what you're saying, Wes, but let me tell you something. Also, if these guys are manipulating things, all right, the ones that know how. They're the ones that's hurting everything. They're the ones that people like Clint Satterfield or whatever can't run no better. Where if you would just do this spec turbo, you take all of that out, and then you know what everybody can run. You've got timing and fuel and work on your suspension just like everybody else does. Right. That's what NHRA's got to realize. Take this bull crap of being able to cheat, if they are. Take this out of the equation. And get this thing back to where it's all timing and fuel, just like a nitrous car or a blower car or, you know, a camshaft or whatever, and getting up and down a track rather than manipulating electronics and stuff. Right, and, and I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying anybody's even, and I'm not, I'm saying not even worried way, about cheating or anything. I'm just saying that those they seem to be able to find the power. You know what I'm I mean? Not saying, I'm not saying manipulating electronics is always the way to do it. There's other way to manipulate stuff. <laughs> Period. Right, oh. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But if you well, take, yeah. but if you take that equation out of it, then you stopped it. Right. Just do I, it. And I think I that's. Mean, I mean, NHRA, I got it. I mean, that Stevie, is, I think Stevie agrees. Anybody I've ever talked to, you mentioned Steve Petty. I talked to Steve, and and this has been, golly, at Gainesville quite a while ago, and he told me that he volunteered to bring, you know, ten different turbos out, and bolt them on the car. You know what I mean? Like, go run it put a different turbo on it, go run it, put a different turbo on it until they got it where they wanted it, you know? And that's what's going to have to happen. There's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. And we are going to continue to uh, do this dance until then. Let's put it it this way, Wes. If they don't, and I'm not saying anything bad about Steve Petty or whatever. We're all friends, I hope. But I'm just saying if they don't, if they think Steve's too smart for them and going to manipulate this and going to do this and that, uh, you know, and not really get where they want to be. Okay. Come with me. I got a car for a few more months. Make a deal with me. Let's go run these turbos. Tell me what sizes you want me to try. I'll bring Brad, which knows what to do. I don't know a freaking thing about him. And you bring your best man of who NHRA wants to bring, who they think their turbo guy is taking trust. Bring him. Watch what we do. Back-to-back this stuff, so nobody's fooling anybody with timing and fuel and all that. Let's go run it. Let's go spend a couple of days and run these things, and then you figure out what you're going to do with us and, t- and let them go. I'll do that for them. Now, how much more can you ask to do for them? It's, I truly believe that that's what has to happen. 
I really, I truly in my heart believe that that's the only answer, man. Uh, I truly do. I truly do. Well, Ricky, I tell you what, I appreciate it. I hope we, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed getting to get some of this stuff off your chest, man. I appreciate you taking the time here, uh, holiday weekend and all. Um, it's going to be an interesting couple of months, man. Who knows what's going to happen here, but it's going to be interesting between now and the uh, U.S. Nationals. Yes, it is. And uh, I just want to say thank you to a lot of my fans that put, like I say, I don't post stuff, me on there, maybe two or three times a year. And most time it's my car or my, you know, my guys working hard or something like that. Uh, but I really appreciate my fans. From from the pro stock days right on up, I just see stuff all the time they're putting out there about me, and uh, I, I really enjoy that. And I want to say one thing to to Stevie, Stevie, you can believe me or not, I love you. I'll help you win this championship. But when it comes down to it, after this championship, though, well, I'm still gonna kick your ass. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Ricky. <laughs>